The following presentation is brought to you by the Realm Network. Hi, everybody. This is pro wrestling legend Jim Cornette, and you're listening to The Rough House. The opinions expressed in the Rough House podcast do not necessarily reflect those of the WWE, Lucha Underground, Impact Wrestling, Ring of Honor, GFW, are they even still a thing? MCW Pro Wrestling, CZW, Nads Flappy Sack, Marvel Studios, Kellogg's, Frisky's Cat Food, Ted Turner, Jameson Irish Whiskey, Fruit of the Loom, Hershey's, Samsung, Amblin Entertainment, Groundskeeper Willie, or the cast and crew of The Walking Dead. Since the dawn of mankind, those in professional wrestling have turned to the Pro Wrestling Podcast to gain insight into how to do their jobs, how to create angles, develop new characters, and create fiery feuds with which to capture an audience's attention. What better group of individuals than basement dwellers on internet purchased microphones to guide the hand of a multi-million dollar industry? We're proud to present one such podcast courtesy of the Realm Network here at the Rough House where black people and white people watch wrestling and expanding people too and all people. Yeah, and it's that easy. There we go. Hi, everybody. Hey, guys. Welcome. Hi. Hello. Uh, Man, another... (laughs) Very nice. Uh, Another jam-packed week here at the Rough House Podcast. Great googly (laughs) moogly. Uh, Just as you and I sat down to start doing this, Chris, uh, SummerSlam and G1 were literally a week ago. Yeah, Uh, I know. (laughs) And it feels like a lifetime ago. So much has happened since. So much happened at that at those events yeah, too. Yeah. So definitely much to discuss today. Yeah. Which which one do you want to get into first? SummerSlam, G One. I, I guess we'll. I mean, I like the chronological through the week sort of thing. So we'll uh, we'll, we'll go with that. We'll start with SummerSlam, Summerfest, two K nineteen. First and foremost, Chris, thank you for being so welcoming, having me oh, out here. Your humble it. abode. It was yes, my very snug one bedroom apartment with a bunch of big dudes. Uh, it was a joy, wow. though. It was a joy. <laughs> I had a great time. I, I I really appreciate you you having me over. Uh, right. I can I can only assume you still have leftover cookies. <laughs> no, the cookies the... I took to work. Oh, Those smart man, smart yeah, man. Yeah, yeah. The, the wife made me uh, not keep them in the house. Smart so, lady. There we go. Yeah. Those the chips, however, prevail. <laughs> yes, they remain. Uh, and some sodas. Although I did finish up some bourbon with that Dr Pepper last night. Nice. It was not very good bourbon, so I needed to water it down. <laughs> That's what you get for buying a eight dollar bottle of bourbon, brother? Yeah, yeah, not not always the best. Uh, but SummerSlam, I'm going to go ahead and say it. I thought it was a good show. It it was a, it was a good show. I mean. There was um, there were matches and the yes. matches were good. If yeah. I were to have a complaint, which of course I do because this is a podcast about wrestling and that's all we do. Yes, is there wasn't there was a lack of big moments and big storyline things. Right, right. That if I were to have a complaint, it would be that. But the matches we got overall we're pretty good and you know we got the brock lesnar that we all like to get so that helps um and he put over you know the little guy which is always good as well yeah Uh, i i 
I thought Seth and Brock was actually a great main event for that show. Um, You know, I know uh, a lot of people, uh, including uh, those in in our uh, listening range, uh, tend tend to hem and haw about, uh, you know, which Brock we're going to get. And I'm uh, one of them. Yeah. yeah, No, no. Hey, I I wonder it, too. Uh, We got. Uh, a Brock who was there to make some money uh, and and not in the terms of like, he's just there to collect a paycheck. I mean, like he's right. there to make a guy and, and build a thing. And uh, that's the Brock. I like the, the, the Brock who is there to do business. Right. And yes, uh, I, I thought it was a great main event. Now that being said, something that uh, I, I read the next morning, cause I didn't even think of it at the time. Gun to head. Would you have thought the longest match of the night would have been Trish and Charlotte? Uh, no, probably not. I would not have thought that, uh, <laughs> especially considering that was the third women's match of the night. Yes. And the one that went on the latest had neither title. Actually, it was a fourth, uh, yeah. if you count the pre-show. Yes, um, true. But, uh, and it didn't have a title up for grabs. It was the new legend killer, I guess, versus, yeah, yeah. uh, the legend. And it was, uh, you know, that was really good. Uh, I mean, you know, you put Charlotte in there with, a, you know, a bobblehead and she's going to have a four and a half True. star match. True. Um, and, you know, Trish being a couple years older than she was last time she had a full on match still looked pretty damn good. Oh, yeah. um, and I, I enjoyed it. It was a nice, uh, nice swan song for her, as if you're to believe what's to be what's been said, that that was her her final uh, match, you know. Yeah, ever. yeah. But never I, say never. It's WWE. I I could believe it though. She has the wrong type of genitals to get a Saudi Arabia payday. So <laughs> I I don't think there there's yeah. the odds of that one. Um. Although and and I recognize we're kind of bouncing around the show, but just there was so much show and we only have like, so much show ourselves. Um. That uh, if I think about people who might pop up in Saudi Arabia. Holy fucking shit. Edge popped up during the pre-show and did a spear. I thought he yeah. was like a rough sneeze away from being paralyzed. Uh, well, I mean, you know, you give uh, the body some time to, to heal up without any, you know, hardcore physical activity. And then, you know, sometimes things get better. You know, Edge said that he feels like he could have another match. Yeah. Um, WWE doctors may have a different opinion on such right, things. He right. should talk to Daniel Bryan about things like that. Of course, it was a different kind of injury um, that, right, that Edge right. and Bryan dealt with. But you know, it, it was a positive and sign and shocking, and you know the the edge running hug was uh, was executed beautifully on Elias <laughs> in the uh, in the pre show. Not the best spears we saw on the show, but definitely the most exciting and surprising. Right, right. And speaking about the best spears of the show, uh, I'm just going to go ahead and say, for as much as I might have motherfucked it on the way in, um, Goldberg Ziggler was exactly what it needed to be. Well, yeah, I mean, it was unnecessary. Oh, but, uh... incredibly unnecessary. <laughs> but basically, you just had Goldberg come out, look like a badass. Dolph Ziggler used his weird-ass uh, physics to, to bump yeah. multiple times in ugly ways for the spear. And uh, everybody went home happy on that one. My, yeah. my only thing, again, as you said, we are a wrestling podcast. It is our job to point out these things. Maybe cause the crowd to shoot their load a bit early. Uh, it, it felt like the matches after that were definitely coming out from under. Yeah, I mean, you know, maybe we're just idiots and we're asking why this happened. And that's why is because people popped so hard for Goldberg. Yeah. 
for whatever fucking reason I still can't wrap my head around, but you know, that's me. Um, but you know, um, it was, you know, brief. It was quick. It was exciting. Dolph Ziggler, human crash test dummy, uh, sold his, uh, sold his heart out beautifully. And that's really what all I wanted to see from the match was some crazy spear cells. And we got three of them. So yeah, we did. I'm, I'm cool with it. Yeah. Now, if I had to point a finger at something that I thought was disappointing during SummerSlam, it was AJ Styles and Ricochet. I don't know what it is about AJ lately, but I I, I don't know. I look at the feuds that were like the can't miss prospects: him and Nakamura, him and Samoa Joe, now him and Ricochet. The TV matches are fine, but when they get to what are supposed to be like the definitive chapters on pay per view, I'm left kind of with a wet fart. I, I don't know what it is. Is it the booking or is it the actual performance? Because that's kind of what yeah. I'm pointing the finger to is because, you know, you go back to the AJ style Kevin Owens thing and, you know, every match had a stupid finish, yeah, which detracted yeah. from the from the yeah. thing. Samoa Joe, you know, it had the heat with uh, with calling out Wendy, AJ's wife and everything like that. Right. But again, it was a couple non finishes before they actually got to a finish in a match. Um, and yeah, it, 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 it didn't click as well as it probably should have and i don't know if it was the the booking decisions i don't know if it was the oc interference oh fuck yeah. i'm sorry the good brothers interference damn it, <laughs> damn it. That- um or if it was uh ricochet's ridiculous nightwing outfit that really yeah. threw me off yeah on that like i'm all for you know johnny cosplay over on nxt <laughs> uh but you know <laughs> it just it just looked a little silly on, on well, Mr. Ricochet. This is not the first time Ricochet's done cosplay because I, no, I seem I to recall a few uh, a few takeovers ago he was doing the Miles Morales. So this yeah, but this is not new for him. The full bodysuit, though, I mean that just looked like it was uncomfortable to wear. Yeah, it it didn't look comfortable and it kind of it was distracting. You couldn't you couldn't take your eyes off it, but not in the good way. It was like the fuck are you doing, man? Like. Come on, yeah. I don't, I don't know. What do you think of Orton Kingston? Uh, again, it was a booking thing that didn't really hit it off for me. Um, I didn't like the double count out out of nowhere, and the match never really seemed to hit that next gear. Which, yeah. with that finish, would lead you to believe that because it's going to continue. Right. Um, but you know. I, I, I don't know if I'd rather see them trade wins back and forth than have stupid, you know, dusty finishes yeah. all the time. I, I don't know if it's six one hand, half dozen in the other. I know I don't know which I prefer because we keep getting these, you know, schmoz finishes that are just kind of eh, okay, okay. And it also didn't really make a lot of. I mean, I guess it made some sense in that Kofi, you know. Uh, snapped after mm-hmm. Orton went mm-hmm. and talked to his family, but at the same time, you have your your power of positivity babyface beating down, uh, you know, the bad guy with a kendo stick in front of his family, and it's just a little like it, it, it was a little okay. incongruent. Uh, yeah. I, I I think my biggest issue, um, and I, I would say up until the finish, it felt like they had the beginnings of a pretty good match. Yeah. Um, I think my biggest issue is this is SummerSlam. SummerSlam, you know, right. being one of the big four, and I recognize Survivor Series really isn't treated as one of the big four anymore. But SummerSlam has always felt like, you know, the summer counterpart to WrestleMania, the, yeah. the, where this is where things pay off and explode. 
And this felt like it should be, you know, the type of match we would have at a Clash of Champions or, you know, any of the connective tissue pay-per-views, uh, uh, Proving Grounds or, or not Proving Grounds. Backlash, yeah, Payback. Yeah, any of those. What The, the former in your houses. Yeah. Uh, that That's <laughs> basically where this match felt like it should live as opposed to a SummerSlam where you're like, this is supposed to be pinnacle best of the best top tier paying off a story this was just chapter one and and that was a little frustrating uh but SummerSlam to SummerSlam's credit if there's anything beyond Brock Seth which we talked about both really liking Mm -hmm. where everything was executed exactly as it should have been Bray Wyatt and Finn Balor oh man it was it was intense like that was the one moment of the night where everybody kind of shut up Exactly. And we were just drawn into what was happening on the telly. Uh, it was it was really freaking weird and awesome at yeah. the same time. Um, you could tell they spent a lot of time putting that together and rehearsing it, and it came off awesome. Yeah. Uh, we were wondering ahead of time what kind of match we would get from the fiends. You know, he kept the mask on the whole time. He. Mm-hmm. Fucking snapped Finn Balor's neck. He <laughs> one, one of him the in most the ridiculous the things ever, but it fit the over-the-top nature of the character. The, it did, but shouldn't that have been a finish? Then? <laughs> that that should have been a finish. Yeah, that should have been a three. Um, although I, I I saw someone going, well that <laughs> that that weakened Balor so he could put the mandible claw on him. And I was like, okay, yeah, all right, cool. That's right. Um, yeah, but. Every single thing I've ever said about the demon as a character for Finn Balor, where it's supposed to be this idea of like it's it's a it's a heightened, it's a focused, more yeah. violent version of the character, and we've never had that with Finn. Excuse me, it was a hundred percent there with Bray's the Fiend. He yeah. he carried himself in a more animalistic way. His strikes were stiffer. His just all of it felt more aggressive. And between that and that absolute star-making entrance, like, 10 out of 10, fucking loved it. Can't wait to see what they do next. Worried about what they're going to do next, but cannot wait to see what happens next. Because for all these weeks of the Firefly Funhouse, and we're like, how's it going to work in the ring? How's it going to work in the ring? They nailed it. And and I'm kind of hoping that actually we start to see on Raw like goofy friendly Bray Wyatt work matches on a raw and then okay. Fiend comes out when the Fiend needs to come out. Like I, I want to see that dichotomy in the ring. Yeah. The full on Jekyll Hyde sort of thing. Exactly. Somebody playing two characters simultaneously. Um, yeah, that, that makes sense. And you know, I definitely want more Firefly Funhouse like vignettes as well, but I want there to be some kind of like, like a, a a little toy of Finn Balor that's just been you know yeah impaled or or yes, maimed or yes. voodoo dolled up in the background to Start, you know I want him to keep yeah. little trophies of yes, his of yes. his victories you know uh, Dexter esque or serial killer esque I mean, he could just put the Mattel action figure on like his mantle yeah. place like yeah like it, broken in half or yeah. head detached or something like that yeah um, I think that would that was that's good and. My question, and I don't know if it's if it, I don't know if it was a good or a bad thing yet because it's only been one week. But we had no appearance of him, nothing Bray Wyatt or Fiend related, um, on Raw or SmackDown this week. Yeah. So I, I'm okay I, with it. I'm okay with it. I, I I think 
it, it, it makes him like a looming storm. Provided this doesn't go into week three, four, five without seeing him. Exactly. That that's my thing. Like, you know, give it a week or, or two off. But I, I feel like, you know, sneaking an Easter egg somewhere, like a little blip or, or or something somewhere in the show. He doesn't have to appear. I don't need a full vignette, although I'd love another one. Yeah. But you know, some something to to keep him in the uh in in the ether, in the in the mindset of everybody who's watching the show. But from from what we saw, it was it was pretty fantastic, and uh, you know Tom Savini is a good good uh, pairing with yeah with WWE and their spooky guys. So the the lantern of Brazel. Oh my god, ten out of ten. Haunting uh, and amazing, just for the memes it spawned over the past week. My favorite is the Shockmaster coming out of yes. uh, of, of Bray's mouth on the lantern. Yes. That yes. was uh, that was that was some good stuff. But uh, but yeah, that was perfectly executed which is not those are not two words that we often associate with wwe these days so it's refreshing to see that yeah uh all in all SummerSlam, though i you know i I thought it was a really great show i thought it was a really great time and uh hey it also ran like a brisk four and a half hours as opposed to six you know for for a wwe show it really wasn't that bad um and you know i don't know if that was because it always is more fun watching with a group of people or rowdy and and making jokes the whole time and stuff like that so so that's fun but and i I put this out on twitter um obviously you know you were there my sister-in-law uh Mm -hmm. was over as well who doesn't watch wrestling but she's familiar with total divas Mm -hmm. and and the cast therein and she made a couple observations that you know i guess have kind of been in the back of my mind but never really to the forefront of there was only one person from that show on SummerSlam, that being Natty. And then, you know, she mentioned, um, she asked rather, my sister-in-law did, if there was any other scheduling for an all-women's pay-per-view, talking about evolution, because he made right, such a big, right. big deal out of it on the Total Divas show. Um, and, you know, I had to say, you'd be the guy say, nope, they kind of just won and done that to get some, uh, some good publicity. But, you know, they have all these women there. You know, Trish was still doing shows. You had Kelly Kelly, I mean, not Kelly Kelly, but, you know, you have other ladies there who mm-hmm. are capable of having other men like caitlin was just in the uh the may young classic earlier right, this right. year you know and there, i think she are, was at uh, raw reunion also she was yeah she stood next to dibiase and for a second there i'm like who's that tiny chick next to dibiase and then <laughs> she, she turned her beautiful face and i said oh it's caitlin um but but yeah it's it's a shame that they haven't done another one of those because it was one of the better pay-per-views of 2018. Yeah. Um, overall, it was a different presentation and, you know, it, it's a little disappointing that they've kind of given up on it. And yeah. I think it's something that they should, uh, not just for, for PR, but just for creative sake and giving chances for other women uh, under their employ to, to have a chance to go out there and do something. So, you know, it, it was some. It's just one of those things that, you know, watching wrestling with a non-wrestling fan, some, you know, it's it's a different kind of experience because you oh, have yeah. to explain some things and, you know, say, oh, it's just pro wrestling. Don't worry about that. But, you know, that was one of the things that, that really stood out is like, well, yeah, this is something that, you know, to the major uh, pop culture sort of thing mm-hmm. was a thing and it's not a thing anymore. And it's, it's kind of a bummer. Yeah, yeah. And, and it was definitely strange, you know, just, I mean, the, the core incongruence of – Total Divas features these women. Yeah. How many of those women are now not actively doing anything? I mean, wasn't the last season like the Bellas, Paige, Lana? 
Like, yeah, there, there you go. Yeah. And, and gone, Naomi gone, gone, wasn't gone. On, Naomi wasn't on the bill at all. Yeah. Trinity. Um, and then you had, yeah, Natty's still on there. I'm not sure who else I've, I stopped watching the show a while yeah. ago. Um, but, but yeah, not, the majority of them aren't even active. I think bliss was on one season. Nia Jax is another one who I think is mm-hmm. on there, but is inactive at this time. So yeah, it's not a, it's, it's if you're using one to promote the other, it's not, yeah, really yeah. not, not really working out great. Also, I, I, I seem to recall that there were some ratings issues with that show. That's neither here nor there, but I mean, that right. would tell me that maybe there needs to be a fire lit under that show, like start incorporating more of the, the women. I mean, who wouldn't want to see uh, Charlotte and Andrade uh, having a great time in Mexico as they seem to do every weekend if uh, Instagram is yeah. believed like that. Yeah, let, uh, let's do that. And- there's a lot of pairings, you know, fr- freshen up the roster. You know, Rusev and Lana are always great because Rusev's hysterical. Mm-hmm. But, you know, if they're going to lean into the Becky Seth thing, you know, yeah. maybe maybe you'd want to add them. I would love a an offshoot of just following the Iconics around day to day and capturing the hilarity consumed within those two uh, <laughs> because they're fantastic and uh, they may not be, you know, uh, setting the world on fire in the ring, but in terms of character work and promo work, they're, you know, probably second to only Charlotte. You gotta be joking me, Chris. You gotta be joking me. <laughs> <laughs> they pee really quickly as well. Yes. Yes. Accurate. Which helps. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so SummerSlam happened, and then a brisk, like, four hours later, Eastern Time, we got the G1 G1 Climax 29 Finals right there in glorious Japan, right there in the Budokan Hall, and uh, I think there's really only two major things worth getting into. Um, Do do we want to talk about the finals first, or that hot fucking angle that, that went down? At the Budokan. Yes, yes. Kurt Angle, <laughs> he popped up. No, it was a different guy with a gimpy, gimpy head. <laughs> <laughs> All right, yeah. Well, let's, uh, let's talk about the finals first because we've yes. been talking G1 for the past month. Um, yes. And I will say before we talk about it, as much as I enjoyed the G1, it was very nice this weekend to not have to catch up on four hours of, oh, oh. of wrestling. Before I forget, uh, this will be spoilers for the Access folks. Because Access aired oh, yeah. this past Saturday, uh, as in last night when we're recording this, they aired the B Block finals. They have not aired the finals yet. Okay. So, well, if you've been on Twitter the last week, you probably know what happened. Yeah. <clears throat> Excuse me. Yes. Um, so the finals were between Jay White mm-hmm. and um, uh, who the fuck was the other one? It was uh, Ibushi, Kota Ibushi. Come the on, Golden I was going to say. How, how I know, sorry. It, that, it was a week ago. That beautiful, sweet idiot, Koto Ibushi. I kept wanting to say Okada, but I was like, no, it's the other one. Yeah. Um, it was, yes, he is He is a beautiful, sweet idiot, my, my, my dear Kota Ibushi. So I loved a lot about this match. Um, you know, the story of Bullet Club coming out in full force, mm-hmm. every member, including the new one, which we'll get to in a second, um, just coming out and lining the ring, you know, from the, the corner that Jay White was in all the way down, yeah. full of Bullet Club members. And then you just had Kota Ibushi on the opposite corner all alone and just ready to fucking go. He wasn't yeah. intimidated. He wasn't scared or anything like that. Um, it took a little while to get going because Red Shoes, uh, the ref, threw out. Out 
the entire BC, save for Gato. Um, Gato talked his way into staying out there as his second, um, which, uh, you know, again, made sense because you're allowed to have, mm-hmm. you know, somebody out there with you. Um, but then the match started and, you know, Jay White really is a great worker, especially as a heel. He's yes. such a shithead and he's yes. got all of the mannerisms down and something he was doing throughout the entire tournament is when somebody's gearing up for a big move and he's like down on his knees, he just collapses oh, and yeah. then starts cackling like a dickhead and yes. you just want to hate him so much. And he's really, really good at his job. And, you know, uh, Kota Ibushi is the biggest baby face maybe in the world right now. Yeah, I mean, yeah, he, he certainly got to be up there. I mean, for the longest time, like the most natural baby face in the world was Sami Zayn, but for some yeah. reason he's a heel now. And uh, I I really can't think of too many people who like approach that crown in the way that, that Kota Ibushi does, especially here, because so much of the tournament was built around this is Kota's moment. You know, he yeah. signed the New Japan deal that, everyone thought was impossible he's dedicated himself to to sort of bringing back the spirit of new japan trueborns like nakamura and and all these guys we had the big torch passing moment between tanahashi and kota Ibushi earlier on in the tournament and you just had again the that sweet beautiful idiot against pure evil in jay white and and it, i mean that's what wrestling is it's good versus evil And it was so wonderfully executed because you had a guy who is pure evil against a guy who is pure good. Like, we've talked many times about how Jay White is not a cool heel. He's just, like, people fucking hate the Switchblade. They hate him. Uh, And uh, I, I... Given the angle that led up to it, which we'll talk about in a minute, the Bullet Club, no longer the cool heels. No. Just... Everyone fucking hates them. And that's such a great way to sort of reclaim that stable. You know, it's no longer like the also rands who aren't the elite or whatever. They're just a bunch of fucking assholes. So to, to have that natural split between the two sides, it made for a hot fucking fire final for the G1. And, you know, for me, that level of storytelling, as simple as it is, put a match that if you just talk about the mechanics of it maybe wasn't the best worked match of the tournament maybe wasn't no. maybe wasn't like you know the 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 physical peak that we tend to see the most athletic wrestling in the world that we tend to see from new japan but that storytelling put that match into another stratosphere and yeah so goddamn great i mean j- just little moments that i loved my my personal favorite and there's a gif of it going around was when uh there, uh, Jay White and Kota Ibushi are having to stand off in the middle of the ring, and Jay White knows that the strike battle is about to begin. Uh huh. And you just see like the regret in his face before he throws the first forearm, uh-huh. and he throws it, and then Ibushi throws. I think it was a chop right at Jay White, which knocks the soul out of Jay White, and he just hits the yeah. bat like it's... straight up ancient one <laughs> removing uh, Bruce Banner from the Hulk. Yes, yes. Like, it, just little moments like that are so good. And the thing is, Jay White's, like, what, 25, 26 years old? I mean, yeah. this guy has such an upside. At some point, because I think it's going to happen, when Jay White becomes, like, the big foreigner babyface, people are going to lose their mind. Just because he's established himself this much 
as a shitlord. I mean, there's yeah. no other way to describe him. Um, but well, yeah. you got to yeah, you got to imagine, and this is this will move into into the other portion of the uh, the big portion of the night is that there's a new member of the Bullet Club. Yes, and with Jay White kind of being the de facto leader since uh, the elite left, since Kenny and everybody dipped out to do AEW, uh, Jay White and Gato have kind of been running things. Um, you know, Tomatonga will say that it's been him, but come on, let's be honest here. Um, so, so there's a new guy, and I feel like you know. There's always some kind of power struggle within uh, Bullet Club. So yep. that could be the thing that that makes that happen is, you know, Jay White at some point, you know, wins the title and, and you know, it maybe gets tired of, of retaining the title by nefarious means and maybe, you know, turns on the BC and then becomes this white hot baby face another year or two down the line. But uh, but yeah, the the big turn, a big turn happened and we have a yeah. new member of the Bullet Club. So earlier in the night, it was a six man tag. Mm-hmm. It was uh, um, I, I've got it in front of me. You got her. OK. Yeah. All right. Tama Tonga, yeah. Tonga Loa and Bad Luck Fale. Fale against, yeah. Yes. The team of. Big Tom Ishii, Yoshihashi, and Kenta. Yeah, I couldn't remember the third guy on their team. I was like, uh, it's Yoshihashi. Like Kanemaru. It was um, somebody. Yeah. I don't yeah. know. <laughs> it was an Asian guy. Yeah. Uh, so, <laughs> so at one point in the match, I don't even remember uh, how exactly um, it happened. To, Ishii went to tag Kenta. Oh yeah, and Kenta jumped down. Yeah, Kenta dropped off the apron. Now yeah. Kenta. Kenta's had uh, an interesting G1 in that, much like a John Moxley, he had all these wins and then just straight losses. Yeah, straight shit to bed on the second half. Also, Kenta, uh, based off of what we were talking about, uh, I think we were talking about it last week, Kenta not really beloved by the Japanese fans. They are not happy that he's in New Japan. They are not happy that he's uh, bringing the Noah stink to New Japan. So, yeah, it's. Uh, a, I mean, I didn't. I didn't realize it was such a heated. Um, you know, it was kind of like a, a WWF, WCW sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, in that you have your 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 New Japan guys and your Noah guys, and then you know you got All Japan and and Wrestle One and all these other uh, feds over there as well. Yeah. But yeah, I guess those those are the big two. And yeah. you know, it wasn't a oh shit, he's over here now. Awesome. It's a the fuck's this guy doing here sort of mm-hmm. thing. Um, and it didn't uh, get any better throughout the. Tournament. In fact, it got worse, and the fans started leaning into him uh, a little bit more. And you know, to his credit, he was being kind of a shithead the entire time as heel Kenta, which is his uh, his wheelhouse. Yes. But um, but then he started losing all these matches, and I guess uh, it got to the point where he wanted to chamao and make that change. He started with the man in the mirror, <laughs> and then uh, you know turned on the beloved Stone Pitbull there in the yeah. middle of the ring and started beating down Ishii with the Tongans. Yeah, and, and the basically. The Bullet Club got the pin post-match. Yoshihashi and the Young Lions, who are on the outside, in this case, the L.A. Dojo boys, were trying to stop the beatdown. But the beatdown continued, and those L.A. Dojo boys went down. And as I think Mm -hmm. we all know, when you beat up the students, the master has to pop up. And for the first time in two years, Katsuyori Shibata got in the ring and started throwing strikes. Yeah. The, the For those who have not followed New Japan for a long period of time, the closest thing I can say this being is, is or the closest comparison I can make is uh, Daniel Bryan. If Daniel Bryan, we you know, we knew 
when he'd be coming back. We knew when he'd right. be making the announcement. They they showed their hand. Imagine this went two years with no one saying anything, and he was just not even on TV every week. Right. And then all of a sudden, Daniel Bryan runs in and works an angle. That's the level of, holy shit, how is this possible? What is happening? Yeah. And, of course, you had to know where this was going to go. The Bullet Club got the advantage. The Bullet Club took down Shibata, and then in one of the greatest moments, like, this could be video packages for some time, not only did they beat mm-hmm. him down, but Kenta did the cross-legged sit, which was a trademark Shibata thing, right on the beaten-down body of Shibata. It was uh, so beautiful. Uh, it was such a beautiful, terrible moment. Uh, it's one of those, yeah, like you said, it's one of those moments that will uh, that will be that will live on in in infamy. Um, you know, the fact that not only you know I, there's there's so much, but like Kenta and Shibata were like soulmates, BFFs. Yeah. They were. You know, and for for Kenta to to turn his back on Shibata and everything like that, and then you know that fucking running dropkick that everybody does now, yeah, never looked as good as it did on uh, on Sunday Monday morning, whenever the fuck it was in Jap- Japan time. Yeah. Um, but man, it was beautiful, and the sell of it was great. Kenta just fucking sat there, you know, f- uh, sneaker imprint on his face and just sat and then the the, the look on shibata's face yeah and then the the dramatic zoom in that i love so much in new japan um was was just fantastic and that the, the shithead pose at the end with the whole bullet club uh standing around kenta sitting cross-legged on shibata it was it was pretty fucking amazing and, and i mean a lot of people talk about how japanese crowds are a bit more polite that they <laughs> that they tend not to uh have the level of excitement that an american crowd does you would have thought like the Beatles reunited and Jesus was the fifth member the way people were losing their mind yeah. over this angle. And, and and it's so interesting, especially because uh, just just to give historical context, because, you know, I followed New Japan for a, a longer period of time. Shibata had a run akin to Kenta in New Japan. So uh, Shibata was originally he was part of the class that was. Uh, the same as Nakamura and Tanahashi. Shibata was the third guy. And ostensibly, he went to the MMA side of things. It didn't go very well. He went freelance for a while. And he basically was the could have been but never was. Right. And then he was hired back to New Japan uh, shortly after the Bushy Road acu- acquisition. And there was a lot of heat on Shibata because the the president of Bushy, Ro- uh, Bushy Road hired legitimately hired Shibata without telling the roster or the bookers or anyone. Okay. So there was a lot of heat on him and a lot of people were mad that he came back and a lot of people were mad that he was part of the roster. So it was over time just through having great matches and giving his all. And I mean, he's had some wars with guys like Goto and Ishii and, 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 what have you just look back through new Japan world. If you just type in Shibata, there are great matches with him and he became this beloved character. You know, this guy who wasn't supposed to be on par with the greats, this guy who was always the also ran this guy who was hated when he came back from be so beloved. And now to also have this moment of resurgence. I mean, it's so layered and so compelling and so crazy to see that like the, this is going to go down as one of the most wonderfully executed pro wrestling angles ever 
even if there's nothing after this, because what everyone's right. saying is Shibata still can't work a match. Right, and everybody, though, the BC was given explicit instructions to, you can attack him with the kendo stick, but stay away from the head. Yeah. Uh, because that's what it was. It was a sickening headbutt that he yeah. uh, hit, hit on Okada, I think. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so, yeah, the, stay away from the head. And, you know, if, if it comes down to something where he's like, you know, is somebody's second in a match and gets to, you know, maybe throw another drop kick or, or something like that. Yeah. It may be something physical like that at the dome. I mean, you know, you're I'm, doing two nights at the Tokyo Dome. I'd imagine he's going to be there yeah. in some capacity, probably not in a match, but uh, but out there to do maybe something slightly physical again. Yeah, I mean, in my head, uh, like the the reference that Dave Meltzer used to describe what could or couldn't happen is akin to a Bret Hart in 2010. Brett right. can't work a match. Brett can't take bumps, but he still became U.S. champion. He was still part of an eight-man tag. All these things. I wouldn't be shocked if come Wrestle Kingdom time, it's Kenta and the BC against Shibata and LA Dojo Boys. Like that. Okay. That feels like it could be the natural next step. Just you know, have a match where he could run in, do his spots, get taken down safely. You know what have you. But I mean, at the end of the day, I think this is about. Uh, of a guy doing a solid for his best friend. Shibata and Kenta are legit bros. And yeah. in this moment, Shibata has put over Kenta as the biggest heel in professional wrestling in Japan. Hands yeah. down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was thinking it could be uh, Goto because Goto oh, was yeah, out there point. training uh, LA Dojo as well. So Goto with Shibata as a second against Kenta with, you know, Master Heater or somebody out there yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, with with BC, but yeah, uh, it's it's like you said, it's definitely uh, a bro doing a bro is solid, and damn did he ever because it's it was it was, I think like that was talked about more than the actual finals of the, yeah. the G one because yeah. it was such a hot angle. Yeah, um, now some of the fallout from that, um, we do have uh, Abushi has officially signed for his January fourth match. Uh, although he has said what he would like to do is challenge for the IWGP title on the 4th and then challenge for the Intercontinental title on the 5th. Again, beautiful idiot. Which means he's going to have the IWGP title for 24 hours. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Uh, It certainly feels like that's where they're going. And uh, holy shit, the Royal Quest card for the London August 31st show uh, is is out of this world uh coming out of the fallout of that angle we were just talking about we're going to get tamahiro ishii against kenta for the never title uh which makes me think kenta is going to be winning the never title um we're going to have uh uh zsj against tanahashi coming off of the awesome tag match they had and another awesome uh, thing coming out of that tag match fucking minoru suzuki popping up like you forgot about me, bitches? Awesome. Yeah. I will murder everyone as we're yeah. going to get Suzuki against Okada for the IWGP heavyweight title. You're going to leave me out of the G1? <laughs> yeah. all fucked up. Yeah, okay. exactly. <laughs> I will murder everyone now. You're welcome. Yeah. And we're also getting uh, Billy Ospreay and Robbie Eagles mm-hmm. against El Phantasmo and... Taiji Ishimori. Ishimori. That was the other one. All right. Yeah. Good yeah, job, that, Chris. That, that should be a really, really good uh, tag match. Oh, and we did also get the uh, the setups for the Super J Cup. I will say I'm really bummed. The J Cup show and the Royal Quest show both look really great. Neither one's going to be live on New yeah. Japan World. So a little bit of a bummer there. Royal Quest, though, is going to be live on Fight if you want to spend $25 to watch just that show, which I have no interest in doing. Which is the same day, as we've mentioned, as the yes. next NXT UK TakeOver and All Out. Yes. So, yeah. <laughs> All Out. Uh, 
All Out, by the way, growing by another match this week as they uh, officially announced another women's match for that show. Uh, as it is going to be Riho against, uh, I am going to fuck up her name, Hikaru Shida. There you go. Yeah. Holy Shida. Uh, yeah, this is uh, this is the Kenny Omega Invitational, I guess. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> Joshi girls getting out there. But you know what? The the, the past two shows where they've had a Joshi, Joshi match, I've been uh, enthralled in it. So, uh, you know, I'm looking forward to seeing uh, – I'm, I'm looking forward to becoming more familiar with these women, really, um, because I've liked what they've done so far. And I like this angle that AEW is pursuing with having this as its – cruiserweight division essentially yeah. uh to to take it back to a wcw sort of thing or you know back in wwf when um you know they started their women's division mm-hmm. in the in the 90s there was bull nakano and there was jumping bomb angels and there was all these all these asian women coming in to mm-hmm. to do these asha kong you know yeah, a lot yeah. of a lot of women that came in to do this so you know it's definitely going to be a different kind of style because mm-hmm. uh the joshi girls get out there and do their thing but it's it's exciting i'm looking forward to it uh, now, what I'm wondering is, is this match sort of akin to how uh, at Double or Nothing we set up the world title match for the men by having the uh, Casino Royale Battle Royale, um, and we had uh, the winner of Jericho and Omega, uh, basically those picked who would be going to the title match. I'm wondering if the winner of the Casino Royale Battle Royale for the women at All Out is going to be one half, and then the other half is going to be the winner of Riho and Sheeta. Mm, okay. Uh, yeah, that 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 makes a bit of sense. They haven't, I don't think, announced that stipulation. Yeah, so, they yeah. they haven't announced the stipulation yet. All I know is they've announced that the I I think the women's title match is for the first TV show, which we're going to be there live at uh, yes. in DC in just a few weeks. Holy shit! <laughs> I know it's like a month and a half away. I Everything know. is happening very quickly. Yes. Um, but uh, and oh, speaking of TV, you know, the first show, as we discussed, will be in D.C. They put Philly and New York on or, oh, I'm sorry, Philly and Boston, Boston yeah. on sale on Friday and both sold out as well. So, you know, smaller venues than uh, the Verizon or fucking Capital One Arena in D.C. Yeah. Um, it's the MCI Center to me. I don't yeah, give a shit. Yeah. Uh, but uh, but, you know. Still, another uh, another tick mark in a consistent stream of sellouts for AEW. I'm sure you know there are people. Oh, they're secondhand people on StubHub. <laughs> Fuck off. Yeah. Some of them are, but yeah. uh, tickets are going to fans. Yeah, tickets are uh, going in, to in fans, and tickets are getting sold. Like, uh, I've never seen anything like this. I I I don't know how to talk about this. I mean. They put shows on set on sale. The tickets sell out. That that's where they're at now. Yeah. Uh, I don't know where week four of TV is going to be, or week five, or, or any of these other things. I don't know if they're going to keep selling out. I I would assume at some point they'll just you know be like WWE and have like good weekly showings in arenas all across yeah. the country. But this is insane, uh, especially at a time where the peak pro wrestling product is on a downturn. Yeah, you would think that that has hurt or harmed professional wrestling's perception as a whole. But all of these other companies, I don't know if they are all grabbing from the same pie or if there's an entirely different pie we didn't know about at this point. It's just so surreal to see. It's not just AEW. 
But to see companies like AEW in Chicago, GCW working in Jersey and Philly, what have you, they're selling out shows. PWG selling out yeah. shows. All of these different companies, while really the only one who is doing numbers comparable to the WWE is AEW. And even then, totally admit, smaller numbers. Uh, the fact that all of these other companies are doing well is so crazy. And I, I don't know what the whys and what fours are. Well, I mean, you know, you got to imagine some of it has to be looking for something new and something yeah. different than what we've just been with for, for all these years. And, you know, uh, an alternative to WWE, um, you know, impact was around an impact, you know, not not doing great numbers wise, but another one of those, you know, competitors out there. Ring of Honor is out there doing things mm-hmm. um, as well. So, so and then you know you've got New Japan creeping in on the U.S. market. Oh yeah, that's right. They shows just sold in, three shows in the states. Yeah, yeah, and a whole bunch of so- shows on the West Coast as well that I don't believe are sold out, but uh, I, I think uh, are selling well. Yeah, yeah. The the J Cup shows the uh, Seattle and. Um, I forget what the second night is. The first two nights have sold out. The third night okay. has not yet. Okay. All right. I think San Francisco is one of them. Yeah, I think San Francisco. Yeah, that's what it is. It's it's first <clears> night was Seattle. That sold out. Second night, San Francisco. That sold out. The third night is back at the Walter Pyramid. That's right. Um, Which is a much bigger venue than the other places. On exactly. The and that, that has not sold out yet. I think Front Row has, but the rest is still pretty up for grabs. Well, I can't afford to make the trip out there. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> we'll uh, go up to we'll go up to New York and Philly, but right, uh, right. maybe maybe not to San Francisco. Yeah. Um, but but yeah, there's there's a lot of a lot of stuff going on, and uh, it could lead to a Wednesday night war because, as we've seen uh, with the rumors in the scuttlebutt this week, uh, that it looks like, and this is not confirmed by anybody, uh, but it looks like NXT could full-on become a third brand and air on USA Network on Wednesday night's counter to the AEW live show. So that's a bombshell. I mean, you know, uh, NXT has been Wednesday night since its inception of a weekly program. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it was normally eight to nine on the network or caught on Hulu the next day or wherever, you right, know, right. you could catch it. But now, um, and they were tape shows you yeah. know, once a month for a month, um, and do that, you know, then, and they would do it in full sale or occasionally go elsewhere. Yeah. So if all this is true, so it'll be a full on third brand touring, mm-hmm. going to different places, two hours live weekly. Yeah, and the way I interpret that is, say goodbye to the NXT we know and love. Uh, and I don't mean right. that from a pessimist point of view. It, it's just um, going to be a very different product, right? You know, people aren't going to be able to reshoot things. I'm sure it's going to be a lot harder to uh, to to work on your matches in advance when you have to do new ones every week live. Yeah. There's there's a lot of a lot of different moving parts to this um if obviously the next couple minutes will be if it's true and this is what happens so you you've got to imagine that vince and kevin dunn and those guys will stick their hands into the pot a little bit more yeah Uh, you've got to imagine there'll be more wild card-esque sort of things with people jumping down and in between shows and, Mm -hmm. and and stuff like that um and i i wonder 
it's 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 curious to me like you know are they going to include 205ers in this right um and then you know a, a lot of the, the charm not on the charm but the practicality of NXT mm-hmm. is that it is still mostly developmental a lot of these right. people um a have never worked TV uh, before, mm-hmm. um, or B haven't done it on on a scale as such. So it's kind of a learning experience for these performers who have done nothing but indies and aren't used to working a hard cam and doing all these sorts of things. Um, and I, I wonder if it's going to give a lot of the greener people less opportunities now that it's a, a weekly live show where they can't retape things and rehearse these things so much. Um, and I don't, I don't know what that's going to do to the way developmental has been run. Yeah. I, I feel like there's, there are a lot of balls in the air right now uh, for, for how this is going to work because uh, ostensibly what, what is being proposed now uh, again, rumor scuttlebutt, rumor scuttlebutt. My understanding is the way that this conversation got started. Um, I mean, there has been the discussions between WWE and Fox about putting NXT on Fox Sports One. Right. USA, however, has approached WWE about putting NXT on Wednesday nights. And uh, I'll, I'll just say, if you know anything about uh, some of the stars of the other big show on USA, a Chris Lee knows best, I can see why they're trying to secure more hours of television from their other known property. <laughs> Bad week for the Chris Lee clan. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Not a great one. Not a great one at all. Um, they sound I like ter- kind of hot, though. They, well, they sound like terrible and horrible people. And that's yeah. all I'll say about that. She'd get it. Uh, well, apparently that's part of the problem. There's a video of her getting it and it was being used to blackmail her. Uh, anyway. Anyway. Release the vid. She's over 18, right? They had, a, they had her own place, I'd imagine. She has a kid, too, right? Um, Jesus I don't know. Christ. <laughs> just, look, I'm just saying, uh, she's no Jordan Grace, but... Uh, yeah, not many people are. Goddamn uh, right. Um, but yeah, USA came to WWE, hat in hand, and said, hey, we, we want two more hours of television. This is not the first time USA has done this. For the record, WWE never wanted the third hour. USA wanted the third hour. Right. They continue to have the third hour because USA continues to want the third hour. They still don't want the third hour, but it's it, it is the weight that is upon them. No different than the 24-7 title, which was a suggestion by USA, and it was the least bad of a group of bad suggestions. Therefore, yeah. they ran with it. No different than Raw Reunion being a suggestion by USA, which, which- by the way, worked out. It did, and there was a, there's a nice little uh, 16 minute uh, behind the scenes thing mm-hmm. on the network that I watched. Uh, it mostly centered around Stone Cold, and you know, God, that guy's so fucking interesting. Uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, that was that was fun seeing you know Ricochet talk with Austin and Foley talk to Becky, and you know, just a little yeah. behind the scenes things if you're into that. Also, as a quick sidetrack on the network, they put a lot of like other content up in the past couple mm-hmm. weeks. Um, I watched the Untold. Uh, mm-hmm. series with Team Hell No, which was pretty interesting. Nice. Um, and also, what was the other one I watched? Oh, the Table for Three. Uh, the the Honor one, or no? I, I did watch that one, but there's a new one with Braun Strowman, Ember Moon, and Alexa Bliss, and it's 
pure like paid for by Applebee's. They shot it at an Applebee's. Wow. They had the Applebee's server come out and recommend the three special burgers that of course so each Baron one Corbin ordered one of them. Up. And he said, hey, guys, <laughs> they what didn't do, you want? do it. How could they not oh. follow up with that? It was right there. Oh. It was right there. Spoiler alert. Braun Strowman eats all three of their burgers. <laughs> not surprised. Not surprised in the least. But uh, yeah, anyway, that's just some uh, some other stuff on the network that I've watched. Um, also, 205 Drew Gulak and Oni Lorkin from this week was awesome. Check yeah, that out. yeah. And uh, it's going to get kicked up another another level as they're doing a captain's challenge uh, Hell yeah. tag like forever yeah uh really into that um 205 really is such a great show that no one pays attention to unfortunately including those watching it live <laughs> and in person it's a, it's a <laughs> goddamn like, oh, more wrestling i thought wrestling was uh, over yeah. for the night yeah i thought we got to go home at a sensible hour yeah. um, anyway circling back to the yes. nxt stuff. nxt two hours on usa would be <clears throat> surreal would be crazy would certainly explain why slight spoilers for nxt tapings this week johnny gargano said nxt is home and that he wasn't going anywhere um i don't know i i I hope for the best that's where i mean you can be nothing but optimist uh optimistic at this point you can hope but you know if if it happens, uh, history will tell you maybe not to be so hopeful. Yeah. But uh, but I, I don't know. And, and then the other side of the thing that if you're going to counter AEW, mm-hmm. NXT is the closest thing they have as a similar style to what AEW is doing. So it would you would think on paper it would behoove them to keep the NXT style going. However. Uh, as as we mentioned, uh, it being on USA and it being a bigger thing now, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. one would think that Vince and Kevin Dunn and Michael Hayes would would be uh, be more integral than they probably are now. So, you know, there's a lot of a lot of what ifs happening right now, and you know, there's a, a possibility it, it may not happen. Yeah, um, I wouldn't say it's probable. I think it's probably a pretty good chance of that happening at this point, but possibility that it doesn't. Yeah. Um, so it's you know. Uh, uh, Hope for the best. Uh, prepare for the worst. Thing, prepare for the worst. <laughs> yeah. You know, and even if it's, um, you know, even, if, you know, I'm trying to think of how it could be that much worse. Um, I don't know. There are many ways, actually. Yep. <laughs> but look at how Raw and SmackDown go. Yeah. Uh, I don't know that Vince McMahon has taken a look at Johnny Gargano yet, because I don't know that Johnny Gargano is actually within Vince McMahon's eye line. He. Well, he was he was in the Royal Rumble, so he at least knows he exists as a human Fair being. Fair point. Uh, he's like, who who's this little shit? So, yeah. Do we <laughs> let a kid in the ring? Is that Max <laughs> Mini? What's going on? <laughs> dink? Is that Dink? Is it is it Doink? No, it's not Doink. It's it's Dink, Wink, Pink, or who was the other one? I don't know. <laughs> no, I think that was it. Doink, Dink, Wink, and Pink. Uh, again, sleazy, queasy, cheesy, and Jerry Lawler yep. at Survivor yeah. Series. Yeah, I believe you're correct. 96-7-ish era? Something around uh, I there. I think it was like 93-94. Yeah, you're probably right. I don't know. I'm bad with the years and numbers. I'm not um, really smart. You know, I will say this, though. I thought Raw and SmackDown were fun shows this week. 
You know, I actually had a, a chance to watch Raw for the first time in quite some time, being that I don't have cable and don't watch it on Hulu. Um, so I had it on at my, at my hotel room in lovely yeah. Kingsport, Tennessee. Yes. Um, although I mostly focus on finishing the uh, Jay White Kota Ibushi match early on uh, on my laptop. But um, but yeah, it was a uh, it, it, it was a show. Um, things happened that uh, I can't really remember much of what happened. Well. Uh, I, I'm going to phrase it this way because I cringe every time I hear it. It was boss time. Oh, yeah, that's right. That was the big angle of the night. Yeah. Uh, Sasha Banks returned and attacked Natty, who was uh, giving a very heartfelt promo about the one year anniversary of her father's death. Yeah. Uh, Sasha Banks comes out, hugs her and then uh, essentially super kicks her through the roof. Uh, yeah. Just just attacks the injured arm of natty and uh ruins the moment and then uh becky uh the man comes out for the save gets yep. bonked in the head <laughs> with a chair too and uh and there we go we got a hot angle coming out of SummerSlam in the women's division finally uh i just thought it was really funny that they had sasha come out wearing a wig of her old hair I to know. reveal her heelish blue hair i didn't know yeah. blue hair meant she was a heel Considering oh, no. I don't recall Sasha ever having blue hair, but you know what? Whatever, I'm I'm <laughs> fine with it. Um, the other bit that came out this week from Raw and SmackDown, uh, I was gonna try to talk more about the Roman Reigns angle, but that continues not to make sense to me. I did like Roman Reigns against Buddy Murphy though. That was a fun. Oh, game. that was on SmackDown. <laughs> yes, that was on SmackDown. But the other big thing that came out of the shows this week is the bringing back the King of the Ring. That's right. Yeah, they played the promo a million fucking times to hammer it home. Yeah. So uh, it's it's exciting. I like uh, you know, I'm not I'm not sure if I would prefer the one pay per view tournament style that they used to do, or do they you know they're, as they're breaking it up over uh, a couple weeks um, yeah. here. But uh, I guess you know you, you kind of want to milk it for what it's worth since their pay-per-view schedule is already f- full up here. But the list of competitors in the bracket came out, and there are some. Uh, I mean, Cesaro and Samoa Joe, you have my attention. Yeah. Uh, so there's there's a Raw bracket, there's a SmackDown bracket. Semifinals are going to be part of Raw and SmackDown at MSG September right. 9th and 10th. Just a reminder: if you couldn't get AEW tickets, plenty of tickets are available for the <laughs> MSG Raw and SmackDown. Uh, and the finals are going to be part of Clash of Champions champions on september 15th so the raw side of the bracket first round matches uh S- joey samoe and cesaro sounds like yeah. a fucking banger Hell ricochet yeah. and drew mcintyre could Hell be fucking yeah. great cedric alexander and Sami Zayn could be fucking great baron yeah. corbin in the miz moving on to the smackdown bracket <laughs> we've got kevin owens and elias which will be sure to be filled with fuckery uh, yep. Ali against Buddy Murphy, which could be really fucking great. Uh-huh. Chad Gable against Shelton Benjamin. Chad Gable. Yes. Chad Gable confusing the fuck out of me here because isn't he on 205, which technically makes him a raw guy? Uh, it doesn't matter. <laughs> and then <laughs> also. Wild card rule. Andrade and Apollo Crews, which Hell means yeah. Andrade gets an easy win into the semis. <laughs> um, so, so Baron Corbin's yeah. winning this, right? That's what everyone on the on our social media kept saying. I, I think there's a few guys who could be interesting. McIntyre would make a lot of sense here. Yes. Um, Andrade could be a super rocket push here. Cesaro could be an interesting win, mm-hmm. as would Joe. Uh, but I'm going to go with a dark horse here. Ali could be a great winner of the King of the Ring. 
Yeah, I mean, they've been keeping up with uh, his little pre-recorded vignettes over the past couple months. He hasn't had too much to do on 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 screen, but is always a, a great hand. And uh, there's a lot of people, uh, you know, really half of the people involved could really use. They're like just ready for that push to the next mm-hmm. level. Mm-hmm. Um, Gable, Ali, Buddy Murphy. Yeah. Um, especially coming off that uh, show-stealing performance with Roman Reigns the other day, and he called out Daniel Bryan for a match this week as well. which will be part of SmackDown this week. They officially announced it as signed. Which is awesome. So, um, you know, best-kept secret, Buddy Murphy. I would love to see Chad Gable go really far. Um, Andrade, yeah, there's there's a lot of people, um, but... Again, we're dealing with WWE right here, and there's always this sinking feeling in my gut that it's going to be Baron Corbin. Yeah, uh, I, I'm right there with you. I understand that worry. I understand that concern, uh, especially because, like, first round he's going against The Miz, which tells me Dolph Ziggler is going to run in for some stupid reason. Uh-huh. Um, on paper, though, that is a great tournament. Like, it is. It, it just when you look at the sheer ability of all 16 guys that's a well-booked tournament and i can't wait to see how it plays out i i am going to choose to be an optimist about this and say that that this could be a a really fun end of summer tournament for wwe well allow me to put my sjw hat on for a second where's queen where's queen of the ring you know what? That's an excellent question. Where is Queen of the Ring? They keep the you know they've done pretty much everything else. First time ever, first time ever for women. Blah 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 blah. Where is Queen of the Ring? Yeah, I I don't know. I don't know. Give Charlotte another accomplishment. Already. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That, well, she calls herself a queen already. Let let's just let's. Oh man, her and Andrade is king and queen of the ring. That, Fuck yes, that is a money angle right there. Hell yes, hell yes. I wonder. Yes, Chris. I wonder. <laughs> just, just sitting here, you know, wondering, uh, wondering, wondering how it happens here. I wonder if there's. <clears throat> can you, like, I'm trying to think of the physics involved of a figure four, uh, or a figure eight, where where Charlotte wraps her very long legs around the uh, the, the lower torso of one uh, Andrade Cien Almas, and uh, you know positions herself as such where she is uh over top the uh the uh the the cn note if you will uh down below the equator there on mr almas and then um you know really bridges back into the figure eight Mm -hmm. and then um you know penetrates yeah yes yeah yeah that's that's kind of what uh that's kind of what i'm thinking here See here, I just thought your question was going to be as whether or not Andrade makes her wear the little sombra mask when they bang. Uh, (laughs) I want to believe yes for multitude of reasons, and I also want to believe at one point Charlotte has put it on and has been ready to go, but Andrade just fucking lays down and does the tranquilo. Nah, bro. The Roughhouse Podcast is a weekly podcast. Follow us at Roughhouse SGW on Twitter and Facebook.com slash the Roughhouse Podcast. Become a donor to the Roughhouse at patreon.com slash the Roughhouse Podcast. And check out our videos at youtube.com backslash channel backslash capital U C E G J 2 1 N lowercase W capital G lowercase K capital P M lowercase L 
capital D, N, 7, lowercase c, 3, lowercase r, lowercase f, U, V, Q. This is the, the Rough House, Rough Pod- House uh, podcast with Justin and Christoph. That's it. Fuck Christoph. He's terrible with his information. Okay. Hey, this is The Rock. Shut your mouth, jabronis, and listen up, because this is the Rough House podcast with Justin and my least favorite man on the planet, Christoph. And Marty? The preceding presentation was brought to you by The Realm Network. You know it's the Mac Militant. Coming to get it all. What's up, player? Teddy Long here for Teddy Long School for Pro Wrestling General Managers to Learn How to Manage Generally. At Teddy Long School for Pro Wrestling General Managers to Learn How to Manage Generally, we'll teach you all you need to know to be a pro wrestling general manager. Here are just a few of the classes offered at Teddy Long School for Pro Wrestling General Managers to Learn How to Manage Generally. Tag team matchmaking, mixed tag team matchmaking, suit wearing, tag team matchmaking, Triple threat matchmaking, triple threat tag team matchmaking, vocabulary, head shaving, and tag team matchmaking. That's right, player. At Teddy Long School for Pro Wrestling General Managers to learn how to manage generally, we'll teach you real good how to make yourself the best general manager you can be. We're enrolling now. Visit Teddy Long School for Pro Wrestling General Managers to learn how to manage generally.com for more information. Teddy Long School for Pro Wrestling General Managers to learn how to manage generally. We got gotcha, you, player. Holla, holla.